Time now to have a chat with uh, Sir Steve Hansen, former All Blacks coach, Toyota Verblitz consultant, as we'll look at a couple of rugby issues, and we thank him very much for your time. Stephen, how you going, mate? Yeah, no, going real well, thanks. Yeah, just uh, home for a wee brief stunt. Had a daughter's 21st, which uh, was three days of celebration, and now we're just getting ourselves ready to go back up to Japan next week. Back up into Japan, taking a few of our All Blacks with you, I see, Steve. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, they decided they were going to leave, so I thought, well, if they're going to leave, they might as well come to me, <laughs> Toyota, so feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, they're both long-serving uh, players. One hasn't committed whether he's going to go past a year or not, and we won't put any pressure on him for that. If he wants to come back and be All Blacks, that's our policy, to support any international wants to come back. And do that, and uh, obviously Aaron is retiring from the All Black level, and so we grabbed him for as long as we could. So, no, very happy. They're both key players and great drivers of the game. Did you have much sway in their decision? Did you get on the phone to them and say, yeah, go on, you know you want to? How influential were you being over there with Toyota Verblitz? Uh, I spoke to them, but once they decided that they wanted to come to Japan, and then I spoke to them after that, but... Uh, how influential, I don't know. You'd have to ask them, really. Um, I was pretty keen to get them. Get that. They're players of great quality, which leads us on to the next question around this, the, the player exodus, if you will. It's something that New Zealand rugby has experienced before, and even though people thought post-2015 it was going to be a disaster, it actually wasn't. This is something we're just going to have to get used to. How hard is it going to be for the new coach coming in, whoever that may be, to have to, I suppose, blood a whole lot of these new players and not have some of these legends of the game around, Steve? Well, you won't have to blood too many because a lot of them have already been blooded, so... You know, that's the, the beauty of injuries, that's the beauty of thinking beyond just today and that's, you know, that's what we've, All Blacks have always done. They've brought players in, you know, used to have tours in the old days and, and that's when you were able to, you know, have your second stringers play and um, now you just take bigger squads and, and you're developing players all the time. So there shouldn't be too much rebuilding. Um, like we, we talked about in 2015 or 2016, we didn't want to use the word rebuilding, we wanted to use the word re-establish and I think there's a different mindset to both those words and re-establishing ourselves as a top nation was something that we wanted to do and I think we achieved that in 16. Yeah, well, rebuilding is, is a constant. It shouldn't just occur at a set time, should it? As you as you rightly pointed out there, as you're going on and coaching, you're developing players always. The rebuild is something that's always there. Yeah, well, that's right and like you, you know these guys are going. Like the surprise ones, are, I guess, uh, someone like Richie Mwanga, who you know, he's only 28 and he hasn't taken a sabbatical. He's taken three years, and and um, you know that's a personal thing for him and his family, and you can't knock that either. But you know, he was, imagine, uh, in contact with with uh, Foz the whole time through it, and so Foz is aware that he's going to go, and you know he's <clears throat> got Stephen in there developing him. He's got uh, Mackenzie, he can play first five, and you know as he's getting older, he's even getting better there. So, of course, someone else will put their hand up; they'll find another one, and as they always do. So, you know, you know they're going to leave, and you know in '15 we knew there was going to be a, a swag of them going. They weren't just ordinary players; they're probably players of the century, the guys we lost. And but it's the cycle, and rather than retire, they go and play a couple of years overseas, and. Um, you know, obviously, in McCall's case, he retired, but you know, most of them 
will go overseas and, and you know that. So you've just got to keep working at growing your group. Interesting decision around Mitchie Maunga to do what he did as opposed to taking a sabbatical. I don't suppose you can shed any light on that. Do you feel it was the correct decision from your point of view? No, well, it's his decision, so it's got to be the correct one for him. You know, he, he, Mitchie's not a, a silly man. He's would have thought about everything and, you know, he's, he's looking to set up his family and uh, he's still young enough to come back and play another World Cup and he's given himself the room to do that. Whether he does that or not, who knows, but... You, know, you can't argue with a decision that someone else has made um, knowing that that person would have put a lot of thought into it and uh, you know all the pros and cons would have gone on a piece of paper, I guess, and he would have come up with his right answer for him and his family. So Steve Hansen joining us here on Sports Talk. You touched before on replacements for those two number 10s that are leaving, being uh, McKenzie and uh, Perifeta. In the best place to take that mantle, how do you think these guys have developed? Of course, uh, Damien's been away overseas. Stephen Perifeta's been in the background for a while. He appears to be starting to fill those boots, though, Steve. Yeah, well, he's a player that the national selectors have had an eye on, even back in when you know I was uh, a head coach. We... Um, we're watching him and keeping an eye on him. He had a horrific run run of injuries, um, which slowed him up a bit. But he seems to have got over that now and developing into a, a fine player. And Damien, you know, we know he's a great player, and we know he can play at Test level. He's he's played there, you know, for the All Blacks as well as the Chiefs. And you know, just watching him in Japan playing at first five, he was he was very very good. So uh, I think. You know, given a decent run, uh, he'll do a good job too if the opportunity arises. There's been some debate, there always is, you'd be well aware of this, around the resting of All Blacks in a World Cup year. It appears to be a necessary evil, and this time around it's uh, no more than, was it, four or five consecutive games? How do you feel about that from a from a rugby point of view, about these players being not wrapped in cotton wool, but being protected ahead of what is the key tournament for New Zealand rugby? Yeah, I don't think it's anything new to, and it's not just World Cup year now. I think it's people have come to understand that you can't have your golden goose uh, who lays all the eggs for you um, playing all that rugby, you know. And um, Ireland aren't at the top of the world rankings for, because they haven't been smart. They've they've done the same thing. Uh, they they control how many games their top players play and. You know, it's the beauty of central contracts. If, if other coaches at international level could do it because of central contracting, they would, but they don't have central contracting. And um, you just can't ask somebody to go out and play, 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 play all the time. And, uh, you know, missing two or three early games at super level gives those coaches exactly the same opportunity to grow and develop players uh, for the future for their teams and for, for international teams. So... You know, I think it's a win-win. Um, we all get excited about it because we expect them to play every game, but you just can't. And physically, um, these guys are the ones that get asked to, to do the most work and they're the most valuable. So we've got to look after them a bit. And uh, I, I think it's just good common sense. Comes quite a challenge, doesn't it, for the coaches of the teams that are laden with All Blacks, though. Again, a challenge to their selection abilities and, and to their coaching because they know it's a way. It's not like it's been a surprise for them, but very difficult for the likes of Razor Robinson, the likes of Leon McDonald. Yeah, well, they've got big squads. It's not as if they, they don't, and it's not as if they don't know it's going to happen. So, you know, the philosophy when I was involved with Super Rugby as a coach was that we want to develop as many All Blacks as we possibly can. And, uh, you know, 
you can't do that just on a one-off. You've just got to keep developing players the whole time and you're looking for players to replace those guys when they leave. So here's the opportunity to give some of them uh, game experience and I've got no doubt in my mind if we played them all the time, those guys would get injured anyway. So they'd have to, they might miss super games and they certainly would miss uh, all-black games. So it's just a common sense approach and, and one that if you spoke to Ireland about, they would they would say, look, I don't know why you're not doing more of it. Because yeah, they're really, really pedantic about who plays and who doesn't. And uh, uh, if it's not a big game, Johnny Sexton doesn't play. For um, for Leinster, and uh, you know, so I think I think you just got to be aware that we're asking these guys to play a game that has got faster, more physical, more demanding uh, mentally uh, than it ever has before. And you know, if you if you compare it to going to work, you, you know, you might have a big project, two or three projects a year in your work life, uh, in a normal work life, these guys are expected to fire 100% every time. So. You just can't ask them to be playing every week. Who wins Super Rugby this year, do you think? Well, the Crusaders have got a great side. Uh, they should win it again. I mean, they're chock-a-block full of All Blacks, and uh, it's a good sign of the All Blacks if they win. So. Steve Hanson, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sports Talk. You look after yourself, and, and happy birthday as well to your daughter. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy-girl snip, you've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip, you're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy, save yourself a shit ton of stress and money, you've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.